Welcome back, everybody, to the Gorilla Filmmakers Lounge. Uh, this is episode, uh, what episode are we in, Nick? 317B. 317B. And uh, I'm Clint, and I'm here with uh, Steve Coleman. How you doing? And Nick Birch. Hello. And uh, today's special, very special guest, uh, Jason Lekevich. How you doing? And Jason is a filmmaker and a former uh, participant in the Gorilla Film Competition. He's also a music video director, and mm-hmm. uh, you're working on a pilot now. You got all kinds of stuff going on. So many things. It's so many things going overwhelming. on. Overwhelming. We're going to get into some of that in a little bit. And uh, But first, we got a little housekeeping. Um, we've been getting a lot of questions. We had uh, a lot of entries come in in the last week. Uh, Nick's going to talk about that. And uh, a lot of questions with those entries. People uh, want to know some specifics, and hopefully we can answer those questions for you. Nick, um, talk about what, what's been coming in. We got entries from all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, as you know, um, <clears throat> this is the first year we've opened up entries all over the world. Um, and so far, that is doing great. We've gotten entries from the United Kingdom, Barcelona, Spain, Panama, Chile, a bunch from Canada. Uh, in the U.S., we've got Alaska, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, uh, all this bunch of states in the middle, a bunch from, from Florida, Miami. Um, so entries are going great. Um, we're getting a lot of questions, too. Uh, probably the biggest question we're getting from our international participants is um, uh, about whether the films need to be in English or not. <clears throat> and our requirement there, just so everybody's clear, is the film does not need to be in English, but it does have to have English subtitles. Um our judges speak English. That's our that's their language. So if you want to qualify, um, that is our requirement. Um, so far, everybody who's entering though does also speak English. So I mean, there's there would be some common sense exceptions. Maybe if it was like a silent film or if language wasn't a big part of the movie. Klingon. Klingon. Everyone speaks Klingon. Everyone so speaks Klingon. I mean, I think. It, I mean, as long as our judges can judge it on an even par with everyone else, then you'll have the same chance of winning as everyone else. If you throw them a uh, you know something that's really difficult for them to kind of absorb then i think that that might yeah, hurt i absolutely. mean well we're going to look at everything of course so yeah okay <clears throat> what else we've been getting questions about um oh we did have one guy enter whose last name was ireland so i don't know if that, that kinda, counts as another country as that well that kind of counts a little yeah. bit three continents um and we had anything else is anyone i, mean, I thought there was more people wanted to know other weird little specifics, but I don't remember what they are because no one posted on our Facebook page. No, not really. For my <laughs> request. Actually, the the questions have been pretty straightforward. You know, uh, you know, mostly just people who are really excited. Can't wait to see the films. So right. cool. Um, Which other- actually, let's talk about that. One of the cool things about uh, opening up to different countries this year is like the. I think the festival as a whole is going to have a much larger scope. It's going to be. Obviously, it was mostly shot around Florida before, so all the films, as Jason, as you know, mm-hmm. looked like Florida. You know, there was no way around it. This <laughs> yeah, year, yeah. we're, we're going to have, hopefully, street scenes in New York and street scenes in Spain and, you know, the, the countryside of Alaska. And Yeah, it could be our first year with snow. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're going to do, uh, we haven't figured out the exact details of it yet, but one of the things that we're talking about doing is having some sort of a bonus point system based on getting some really cool visuals that show off your location. Yeah, if you show off your location and and get a specific shot, we'll uh, award you with some bonus points. Yeah, so make it look pretty and, and really, like, you know, use that wherever you are. I mean, if you're in Florida, then mm-hmm. it's beaches and palm trees. If you're in New York, then it's whatever. and just Statue of Liberty, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it won't be a punishment for you if you don't <laughs> do it, but it, it could offer you some extra chance to uh, regain some points you might lose someplace else, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So what else do we got going on? That's pretty much it. Things are going That's good. It. We're done. Pretty good. Ch- All right. Shape. End let's, of show. <clears throat> let's wrap it up. Uh, I say we get right into talking to Jason about his experience and uh, as a competitor in this thing and any tips and advice that maybe he would recommend for people that... Uh, yeah, let's talk about you. Yeah. Jason, you have an interesting um, kind of take on this because you competed, but you're also uh, a Ringling uh, film school graduate. Yeah, I'm just... So you've uh, had both sides of the... I'm in my last uh, semester anyway, so I'm leaving that soon. But uh, the guerrilla film competition, in a lot of ways, is uh, the opposite of normal filmmaking, which mm. is to try and make things as planned as possible so things don't go wrong. And, you know, you try and make things work tremendously well no matter what. And But the guerrilla film competition just throws you into the fire with, like, everything going wrong all the time. And in a way, it really tests your guts. And... As a result, maybe the films aren't quite as good as something that 
has been planned out for the last six months. But what you are going to get out of it is a good camaraderie with people who are involved in it. And you're also going to get... Um, a tremendous opportunity to just network. And in this particular competition, now that it's going all over the country, you know, you're going to network with people all over the country and that's going to be great for any filmmaker. Yeah. You had a pretty good uh, networking story. You were saying about an actor that you met. Yeah, when absolutely. You, um, the, you film, share some of that? the year that I competed, my film actually wasn't even very good at all. And, uh, that's true. The, the, no, no, it is. It was, it it was is. great. Uh, we did a film noir and I actually, at that point didn't even know what a film noir was. Um, and <laughs> the team that ended up winning did the zombie movie. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was, uh, life coach. That was a, a life coach. Yeah, anyway. that's right. And I met Rob Chestnut, who was one of the stars in that movie. And we became, you know, pretty good friends after that. We just started communicating and all these things. And, uh, when one of my ringling projects came up, I needed to cast somebody and I, um, thought Rob may be perfect for this. And so we started collaborating on it and the movie ended up coming out fantastic. It, uh, won the best of ringling award and, um, Ed Carroll, who is the chief operating officer of rainbow media. And the reason, uh, most of you haven't heard of that. It's a subsidiary and they are the people who own AMC, IFC, uh, Sundance, all those kinds of things. Um, he approached me after seeing my film and congratulated me and invited me out to New York city to, um, just basically have a general meeting with him. And we, uh, I got up there, met with him. And since then I've been working on a television pilot for the independent film channel. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think that goes back to something we talked about on the last show, which is that it's, it's less about who you know and more about who knows you. In other words, yes. it's more about other people wanting to work with you because you could want to work with Steven Spielberg, but that might not that opportunity might never present itself, but if he wants to work with you, you're going to get that call. Absolutely. And, and that's, you know, I, uh, I, I'm coming from a unique perspective because, uh, we've talked about this before. Um, I ended up choosing uh, ringling to pursue filmmaking over a record contract with uh, a band I used to play right, with. Right. And, um, we spent a lot of time trying to get that record contract, which is something a lot of filmmakers, you know, try to do. They like, I want that big movie deal, that big, whatever it is. Right. And the reality is, there's no uh, guaranteed way of getting it. And with the music, what we ended up doing is we spent six months just trying to write great songs. And that was opposed to like the years we spent otherwise just trying to self-promote and promote and promote. Right. We just tried to write really great songs. And then once that happened, we just put it out there and tried to get it as many hands as possible. And the next thing you know, they started coming to us. And, that, and that's really what you have to do as a filmmaker as well. So if you make a, a great film or a great short, It'll find its audience, basically. It will. It will. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's a really interesting story about that because, uh, weirdly, um, you wouldn't think it, but it relates to Vin Diesel, and he actually has mm -hmm. a really amazing origin story. Um, Vin Diesel was a nobody for a long time. I think he was 30 before he yeah. even got noticed. And the way he got noticed was he made a short film. He was an actor who kept trying to audition for all these different roles in New York, but he couldn't get anything mm -hmm. because he wasn't, he didn't look black enough <laughs> to be a black guy. He didn't look yeah. white enough to play white. He didn't look Latin enough to play Latin. He, he almost looked like just so ambiguously like ethnic, but that no one would really cast him. Mm -hmm. So he wrote a short film called multifacial. It's a great film and it's a great film. And he, um, he shot. He got it shot himself. Uh, he acted in it, and uh, it's a actually it's like an eight or nine minute short. It's a really good little piece, mm -hmm. and um, he just made it about his plight. And uh, when it premiered, and I don't know if it was at Tribeca or where. I actually, actually don't know where, where. But one of the people in the audience was Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And Spielberg saw it. Wow. And next thing you know, he was in Saving Private Ryan, and then Vin Diesel was Vin Diesel. And it Absolutely. was just, it was really, and he says, and, and there's an interview, Triple X. you can find the interview on YouTube where somebody stops him on the red carpet and they say like, well, what is it about, you know, how did, how, how did you make it? And he said, mm -hmm. well, you know, I was 30 years old before I ever got noticed. And the thing that I would tell anybody who's trying to make it is you have to make something that is valuable to someone else. You have to make yes. yourself valuable to them. And in the movie world, if you want to make, be successful, that means you have to be financially valuable your product yes. in other words has to make them money exactly in, in other words you know you're um in a way a director's job is to not make a studio look stupid if you mm. really think about it you know that's yeah. that's why they get that amount of money this person has delivered big movies before right and they are going to do so again or or they've hinted at and shown promise that that's what's going to happen right but how did he get work after chronicles of riddick then that was luck. 
<laughs> it was just all luck. Well, no, it's, it's it's franchise. You know, he's got he's got a franchise, and so people will keep coming back to see that movie. It's the same thing with Jason Statham. It's like, how do they keep making transporter movies? Well, because he's that guy. You know, I mean, yeah. he's he he's the guy that you go to for. There's a formula, and a <laughs> lot of there's a series of formulas that that they use to figure out which That's films what, they're we're starting finance. production on Weekend and Bernie's three soon, right? I we mean, are, and and he's still dead. <laughs> Uh, but now he's a rotting corpse, he's a rotting and corpse. we're going to hide it somehow. We're going to work at the fish market. I would, I, would, I would pay to see that. Or he gets, I, I would, uh, a little cologne's all you need. I mean, exactly. Fine. What if he gets reanimated? Oh, he's a reanimated And then corpse. it's Weekend at Bernie's 3, like, evolution. No, no, Weekend at Bernie's 3D. 3D. Yeah. That's... Wait, they did reanimate him in the second one. I don't even know if you remember. No. Oh, yeah, there was one point. It was yeah. the boombox that made him come back to life. Oh, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, wait, here's the pitch. One okay, of the greatest it's hundreds of years in the future, okay? <laughs> and Bernie's head's been frozen, and he's reawakened and has to get something because those two young guys, you know, they're dead now, and he has to reanimate them and their bodies. <laughs> it's the reverse. It's the reverse. You that's flip how it. you do it. I like it. And yes. it's in 3D. Weekend if, at if Bernie's. That, now, that pitch actually would probably get picked up. Weekend at Bernie's 3,000. Actually, I think we is. can't nice. stop this. <laughs> we stop this podcast right now, <laughs> drop everything else we're doing, and go work on that. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. We max out all our credit cards. Sometimes oh. ideas are just so bad they're good. Road trip it to Hollywood. We record it, document the whole thing. We'll win on one of the other. Something's going to pop. It'll be the documentary or the film. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I want to back up for a second. You were talking about <clears throat> your, uh, you know, your musical background. And, oh yeah, yeah. And I, that's one thing that I've always thought was interesting about the GFC as a competition is it's sort of more in the spirit of musicians. Like uh, musicians are natural born self promoters, and mm-hmm. you kind of have to dig and scratch and claw to get shows. And I thought maybe you could touch on that a little bit. It's a it's faster sort of downer. Down and dirty. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's clearly down and dirty, and it's a completely collaborative effort to do, you know, a guerrilla film competition. You know, I'm uh, I'm moving to New York in just like a month. It's crazy. Yeah. And uh, the only thing that would inhibit me from competing this year would be if I can't get a team together, because if I, I clearly can't do it on my own. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, as a young filmmaker, you got to get we actors, you got to get, <laughs> obviously. You're a train wreck. I am a train wreck in every way, shape, and form. But it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a good experience. I'm excited. Well, I think you, you're, you're making a good point, Nick. Is but like that, all train wrecks, people can't stop watching you. <laughs> it's true. That's on your. It should be on your business yeah, card. Yeah, I'm the Britney Spears of filmmaking. But, but but being in a band and making a film guerrilla style are essentially like. I mean, it's like the film equivalent of jamming with your band. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I mean, you get the people who know what they're doing together, and then you're like, well, let's just jam and see what we come up with. Yeah, I think it's a lot. There's a lot of similarities between music and film. I would I would say, Steve, you're in a band. No, no, well. Yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of quiet over there. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Position. You guys are being so smart today. I, I just oh, can't no. keep up. <laughs> There's no sarcasm. It's the, it's the coffee. We're on coffee instead of beer. <laughs> yeah, That's this the is, difference. This is the coffee and cigarette version as opposed to the uh, beer and cigarettes version beer from last time. <laughs> from last time. <laughs> we'll rotate. Right. Next time it'll be beer and cigarettes again. Whiskey. Well, We're just going yeah, whiskey. Yeah, yeah. We're all whiskey. fresh and froggy in the morning now. Okay, to answer your question in a roundabout way, I think that the biggest similarity is that what you're making in the GFC is you're trying to make a single as opposed to an album. And mm. so when you're picking what you're making and how you're doing it, you have to keep that in mind. You know, there's I think some, that's a great point. There is some subject matters and there's some things that can be handled in five to 10 minutes and should be handled to five, five to 10 minutes. Um, boy likes girl can't get girl. That can be handled in 10 minutes in an emotionally appropriate way, whether it's funny or dramatic. Right. Um, my mother's dying of cancer. You know, that requires a little bit more time. And yeah, probably hard to get. <laughs> not, not impossible. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure someone's out there is talented enough to do it. But I, but, I agree. But, there's certain problems that lend yeah. themselves to, for an audience to get exactly. emotionally involved. But what I'm saying is it's something that I've observed a lot in young filmmakers and people who are doing these kinds of things is that, you know, you clearly want your movie to be important. Do you know what I mean? And so but I just see sometimes people reach too far. And they forget that, yeah. you know, this this is a movie that's it, short. It's well, we also, it, we it ultimately it still has to be entertaining. Exactly. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you know. Well, we see it a lot with, uh, I'm guilty of it, so I'll, I'll come out and say it. I'm sure everybody who's picked up a camera at some point or another is guilty of it. But everybody, the first thing I ever shot when in high school 
was about a couple of dudes, a briefcase full of money. Mm-hmm. There was a sniper in it. There's guys yeah, with guns, made that and movie. everybody goes and tries to get their best suit, and then like, and everyone wants to make Reservoir Dogs yeah. or whatever. And it's like, come on, like we have to tell a little story here, you know? Like that can be part of it, but yeah. if you don't care why these people are doing what they're doing, then there's, there's yeah. no you clearly have no to there there. And that's the art of it. You, know, you have to make you make people care what happens to this person. Right. Although that's hard to do. I will say, though, as a caveat, in, in generally speaking, you're absolutely right. But in a short, you, there is also something to be said for just like, if you happen to have 10 badass stuntmen and just want to oh, see them fucking go yeah. at it for <laughs> No, no, you're minutes, right. And, but there's a, something to be said for a high intensity. One, if you're going to do that, you have to be awesome at it. I mean, mm-hmm. don't do it if you can't go all the way. You you need to make it. If if looking cool is all you got, then it needs to look cooler <laughs> than anything else anyone else yeah, has. Totally. Agreed. Number Absolutely. one. Number two is the way the judges look at the films is vastly different than the way that mm-hmm. we might look at them in terms of what's cool and what's not cool. I mean, yeah. I've had long discussions with all the judges. Nick has. We've all talked to uh, each of them about what they liked and what they didn't like. And weirdly, I mean, we we actually have no impact on who wins. That's the one thing I don't think people really understand. We don't have any impact. Yeah, we don't judge the company. I mean, we do give an award that we sure, pick. Sure, sure, you guys. No, I'm can, just kidding. I know well, you but we don't. do that on purpose so that, you know, our, our friends can enter and people we know can enter. But we, those judges that look at these films, they're all over the place. And we send them out and then we get the answers back and that's just what it and is. And they, they well, don't even judge together. It's it's completely, they're completely separate. They're completely, other, they right? don't collaborate. They don't yeah. compare. Notes. And, and that well, was actually, but what they look for is originality and creativity. That's why if you do. look at our homepage, the films that win are always very unique. I say they do, but the other thing that is there, and I, I you know, maybe it's just me being, uh, you know, my ringling or whatever, being a prude. I think that the ones that win um, consistently have good story and right. good character, and I think that's really what it comes out. The one that won last year. Um, uh, it was it was the, the driving talking, Mr. David. The, yeah. yeah, the talking GPS yeah, basically awesome. was what Absolutely. it was. But the thing is that like um you cared about the character, what mm-hmm. happens next, uh you're you're interested, like, you know, what's what's around the next corner. Right. And at the end it did say something kind of interesting about our relationship to technology. And yeah. you know, it had those things. It maybe wasn't the funniest one or the best looking one or any of those things. And I really think that that's why it won. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I agree. And I and I think also you know, they had a fun category that they really went with. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, the year before, Sock Puppet, Sock Puppet movie was probably, some people would have taken it. No, it was that. Sock Puppet. Sock, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's the Kirby Puppet. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they went for um, it. But yeah, well, they went for it and they owned it, whereas I think some people might have gotten that genre and gotten defeated, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and just totally let them like, well, I wanted to make a zombie movie, and now I can't. <laughs> well, and that's you know, the thing I want to talk about, because movie. people don't think about this, but... I want to tell everybody, you can blend genres. Of course. If you get Western and you wanted comedy, then make a funny Western. If you wanted a zombie movie and you got romance, well, then you're just going to make a romance movie with zombies in it. Be the best movie there. It doesn't matter what (laughs) genre you get, except the reason we do it is because we're trying to keep everybody honest. But ultimately, as long as the judges look at your, they can read what genre you got on the sheet and they look at your film and they go, okay, that's appropriate. And it, it fits. You're then good. you're okay. You, you get those points. It, you don't have to be so true that you ignore all your other ideas. Don't you know? Don't throw them out. So absolutely. I, I want to go back to Jason for yeah. just. One I'm going to get some more coffee while you guys go. <clears throat> absolutely. Back. Um, I want to go back to Jason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and your music background because you had some oh, pretty yeah. cool news lately. You keep going uh, back to it. You keep I, going. Well, no. I, <laughs> I, okay. I, I want to go back to it because uh, this is filmmaker Nick. Knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, this is no, going to tie actually in directly because cool. Jason just got some really good news about a music video. I did actually. And uh, why don't you tell us what that news is and the yeah. band and all that stuff? Well, this actually ties back to that whole thing we were talking about about uh, you know making your own opportunities and being available and helpful to other people. Um, there was a, a window in the band that I used to play for. They're doing very well for themselves now. They're called Every Avenue. Uh, they're going to be on Warp Tour this summer. Um, they just got back from Australia. Fun things are happening for them. And um, are, are you bummed you quit? Um, you know what? I really, <laughs> really miss playing live. But other than that, um, I'm actually really happy with where I'm at right now. There's a lot Good of cool deal. things happening. Good deal. But um, what happened was they had a break in one of their touring schedules. And I'm like, 
we got to do something. I'm like, I need to make a music video. I've edited them before, but I've never actually directed one. And I begged, borrowed and cheated and stealed. And like the label wasn't really supporting it because you know, who's this freaking kid and all these things and don't waste your time. And I had to put my own money into it. And we, I ended up getting like 50 people to volunteer around the school. You did all on spec, um, right? All on spec. Which is um, rather ambitious. Cause usually most bands, when they have a break on touring, it's like, let's do something. Let's get drunk. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we ended up doing like an 18 hour shoot day. It was crazy. And what ended up happening was uh, I made the video and the label held on to it and they didn't release it. Well, um, what ended up happening was a year later, they finally did release it, which actually to my surprise, I would have been happy just to see it on YouTube and ended up going to number one on MTV.com. It was both the number one in picks and number one in plays. So it was cool. That's that, awesome. Yeah. And that yeah. MTV still shoot, shows music videos. Absolutely. <laughs> I said MTV.com. So, oh, gotcha. so you could say that it's MTV's number one music video, but that doesn't like mean what it would in the eighties. But yeah, like, but it gives it a pretty good chance of it. Uh, I mean, getting picked up. Also, first, yeah. kudos for first time out of the gate, you know, yeah. like yeah. just, no, I think Blowing the dot com is not a, ca- actually, you could also say that more people will see it through the dot com than well, they probably well, ever would on MTV now. Well, it, it was a cool experience. You know, you get to see something that, you know, I worked on, um, you know, being above little Wayne and, you yeah. know, that's Brittany amazing. And all that's this. great. So, like, what a, what and, and awesome you, well, have you seen it, Nick? No, it's awesome. I'm like David Letterman. I don't watch anything any of our guests. You need, yeah, you need if, to see. If it. any of you are out there, uh, it's called Every Avenue Mindset. We'll link to it in the podcast. So yeah, that absolutely. We'll, can, put, yeah. we'll put it on the Facebook page and all that stuff. Yeah, we'll put it up so you guys can take a look That'd at. That'd be it. great. It's funny because like at that point, I I knew that I could do a great job directing a music video before I ever did it. You know, like when you're a young filmmaker, you like know these things, and you're like, I can you do have a great a, job. Have confidence. But, but the thing is, nobody else believes that. You know, you need to go from the point where. Um, <laughs> this person could do this to where they have done this before. And that's, I think that that's the key to the film industry. I really do. Now, have you, have you noticed already sort of some positive gains from that? I mean, are you, absolutely. Uh, the, I'm in good relationship with the label and the management. Everyone's extremely excited about the video. No one expected it to do that well. Um, and, uh, I basically, when I told them right now, I'm totally booked. They've been throwing me new offers for videos, but I can't do it now. I'm in my last semester at Ringling. Have girls been um, throwing themselves at your feet yet? I, I'm a, I have Steve's a... Steve's trying to no, figure no, out the formula. No. <laughs> What's the formula? No, I, I'm really boring. I have, I have a fiance that Clint actually introduced me to. Yep. yep. Uh, Laura well, Wojcicki. What, what's, what's his name? <laughs> Laura is uh, my fiance and... Um, so no fun, interesting hijinks for me. Well, I'm a married good. man. That's good. But just that's just good, remember that that I introduced you to her when yes. you make it. So uh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, your phone's gonna ring one day. Yeah. <laughs> I up. need a favor. Don't now. forget the little people. Oh God. That, but that does come back to uh, another point, which is you should always be nice to as many people as possible. Try to be nice to everybody because you, you really don't know should. who's really... going to make it in the group of people that you know. I mean, yeah, and all things one of them right. to make it, and then you're selfish. in. It's very selfish. No, it's not. Se- well, that's not selfish. It's just don't burn bridges. You know, like if you well, collaborate smart with a lot. Planning. Of, I mean, it's... well, it's common, sense, but a lot of people let their ego get in the way, and they decide that. Well, you know what? Screw that guy. He sucks. Well, well no, but that you know maybe. Maybe you guys don't like each other, but ultimately, like, help that guy out, and he'll help you out. You well, I think, like, goes, I think that goes to a larger just, point. It, filmmaking is a collaborative medium it in is. general, and collaboration is hard. And if you're going to make a successful anything that's artwork and collaborative, I don't care if it's a GFC film. I don't care if it's a real film. <clears throat> not the GFC films are but real films, but I don't care if it's a short. I don't care if you're going for an Academy Award or an animation or whatever it is. You kind of got to check I, your. I care. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you kind of got to check your ego at the door you to do. a certain extent because shit just has to get done. You know, yeah, at, you at a certain point, there's a list of stuff that has to get done. Well, it's the combination. You, know, you have to have a bit of an ego, otherwise you wouldn't get into this. I mean, right. clearly. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, you have to be humble and like willing to work with people and and go. You know what? Your idea was better than mine, and you need to be able to network and be pleasant. Um, I'm somebody who four years ago um, didn't know anybody in the film industry. <laughs> Um, I'm making a, a, now four years later, uh, you know, I have music videos coming down my pipe. Um, I'm going to, uh, I find out in like six days if I get to direct a pilot for the Food Network. Um, I have financing uh, lined up for my first micro budget feature. Um, someone's going to invest $100,000 in. You pitched a pilot to uh, AMC uh, a, and IFC. Yeah, and so now I'm moving forward with like getting the script together on right. that. Um, so you're and, a GFC success story. And, and, and yeah, I think that's, it, I it, the GFC made you. 
Yeah. So you're welcome. Well, Again. Yeah. <laughs> That's two. But it did. I mean, you know, it, it was one of those things. I, I did it when I first moved to Sarasota and I didn't know anybody. And this is the thing that really started plugging me in. Good opportunity in. for networking, for sure. Yeah. It is. And I, I mean that. It's, you know, and every job that, and when I'm, the roundabout way, what I'm getting at with all these things that have come my way, it's been by showing up, doing a good job and being pleasant and, you know, and Make, working hard. Working and, really hard. And obviously hard. talent's yeah. in there. You I mean, know, you're very talented or else you wouldn't get that follow-up opportunity. I think a lot of people are willing to give you, um, are willing to give people sort of an opportunity, but if you don't actually have talent to back it up, you're not going to continue to get work. I mean, you do yeah. ultimately have to have talent and you have to practice your craft. If you want to be a filmmaker, you have to practice. And that's one of the cool things about competitions, yeah. whether it be this one or other film contests or film festivals. <clears throat> Practice, practice, practice. I think that's crucial. It is. It, it so is. And and the other thing is, um, again, just what you were saying earlier, someone once told me you meet the same people on the way up as you meet on the way down. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, you know, I have a lot of opportunity right now. Who knows where I'll be two years from now? Um, maybe somebody that was a PA on one of my sets will be directing something great and he'll hire me as a sound mixer for all I know. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you, you never know where you're going to end up. And so just... exactly. Yeah. Well, if you look at, uh, I always look at, um, the people that are famous now. And I think back to when they got started and you look at like a, like a Ben Stiller, for example, I mean, in the early nineties, Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Janine Garofalo, uh, I'm trying to think of who else was in that group. There's like four or five of them that were all kind of like comics that were working at the time and they were trying to get their start. And, mm -hmm. it, and it's like when one of them and Ben Stiller had the Ben Stiller show and it got canceled and Janine Garofalo mm -hmm. was on SNL, but it yeah. wasn't really like, I mean, she was sort of a, she was a, you know, regular, but didn't really like, wasn't really yeah. terribly known in the movie world. But then when, once they, they each started to get more success, they reinforced each other. Exactly. And that's when you started to see their careers really take off. And the same goes with, with almost anybody you could think. I mean, look at mm -hmm. uh, Judd Apatow and his gang and look at, I mean, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, and, absolutely. Let me go back to swingers and, uh, Vince Vaughn and, um, uh, I'm trying now I'm just totally blanked, but everybody else that worked yeah, on John that Favreau, movie, John Favreau. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's just you know, that collaboration and, and having that wide network of people and, and just keep, you have to keep going out and doing it over and over again, like you were saying, Nick. I mean, I think it's about putting yourself out there over and over and over again. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and, and one of the cool things that, you know, I've always liked about <clears throat> where film is going now, especially with your YouTubes and your Vimeos yeah. and being able to share your stuff online faster, you can also get instant feedback. Yeah, you know, the, it used to be you had to go through this sort of festival circuit. Yeah, you would work three months on a short film, then you would edit it, then you would get it out there, and then you would submit it to the festivals and hope mm -hmm. it got ex accepted. And like you know, a year later, this project that you've probably emotionally had to totally move on from because <laughs> you have to eat and wait tables or do whatever yeah. else is hopefully just now starting to get some traction. That's totally changed. I mean, if you do something now, you can have it online the same day. Absolutely. Oh, plus, no one spares your feelings on YouTube. It's not like you're going to put <laughs> it up there and it's like showing it to your friends and they're going to be like, oh, it's really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're the yeah. best. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah, they're not going to hold back. You're going you're gonna to hear everything. I think, I think you're right about that. The, the only downside is like a lot of it's not constructive. They'll be like, True. gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, okay, how does that help me with my process? Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, pushing you into your market. You're like, oh, oh. I well, I found that. But, but, I think film festival. Vimeo is more professional than YouTube. YouTube is yeah. sort of the tra well, trailer it, park of, of online video. <laughs> and Vimeo is sort of the gated community. Anybody from like, YouTube listening, we didn't mean that. We'd love to have you as an official. No, I'm not saying YouTube's bad. I'm saying that people that go on YouTube, there's trolls that go on YouTube all the time <laughs> and just shit talk yeah. other people's yeah. videos because they don't want to do anything. No. you know, And they'd rather sit there and criticize everyone else. But you know, Vimeo is a little bit more like, I just have found the feedback I, to be I'm, more constructive. I'm more heard about the I, trailer park reference. My I double wide a, mansion is nice. I have a, uh, <laughs> I have a new. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because the video going out now, the music video. Mm -hmm. There's been feedback coming back on YouTube and all these things, and like it's been overwhelmingly positive. But like yeah. I'll go through and just shift through and like find the bad ones. Oh yeah, and read it. It's like great band, shit director. Like that's my that was my favorite. <laughs> Says <one>. the guy <laughs> in his in his parents' basement. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The guy and his parents. Are you telling me to turn something down? Nick's yeah. making a, a technical. You're really hot. Am I really? Well, I know. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk a little bit about how to win. 
I think that's the one thing everybody wants to know is how do well, I win? Let's start with thing? how to lose, Jason. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I am I am a forty eight GFC loser. Oh, I've never wanted the GFC. I've competed once, but uh, we're gonna you know yeah hopefully see a, a turnaround. I hope so. Year. I hope hopefully. so. It, it could be the big turnaround. Um, I would say that, um, but you can definitely speak to advice and things absolutely. that went wrong and things you absolutely. Could improve. Well, the thing is, again, it goes back to what I was saying, uh, planning and figuring those things out. At that point, I had just moved to Sarasota from Michigan, and I didn't really know anybody, so I was going around like looking for people, mm-hmm. and there was one girl who um, I talked to her, and she's like, yes, I'm an actress. I've been in this and this and this, and um, I didn't know what she was talking about, but it seemed credible. And so I'm like, perfect, you'll be my actress. And you know, we went out and started shooting, and she was the worst actress. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> And like just completely wooden and anyone who saw it, it completely took them out of the movie, like 100%. And, you know, and film, film noir as a genre. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to sell like that. Yeah, It's it's all about the performance. And, and the thing is that, uh, (laughs) the thing that I had to come to terms with and understand is that that was my fault as a producer director. The fact that she didn't give the performance. I shouldn't have gotten her in that position. I mm-hmm. should have saw that happening. So you have to anticipate as much as you can, and you need to get people who are good at what they do to support you. I mean, it's really that's not- yeah. What about uh, practical logistics stuff? Did you have any just like I mean, it is a race oh, against the yeah. clock sort of uh, yeah, deal. It, so it is. can you and- talk about also the the like how? hard or easy you found it to be with all of the, I mean, to go in a little more detail about what Nick's asking, practically speaking. Oh, practically. Just from your impression of it, was was it, would you say it was, um, you know, exhausting or was it (laughs) exhilarating or what was it like? It's it's all of the above. It's exhausting. It's exhilarating. It's a blast. It's terrifying. It's, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster and that's what you're signing up for, I Mm -hmm. think. And that's what makes it great. Um, you know, we had a location where we were shooting at a bar and suddenly the person who's supposed to open up the bar didn't show up. So we're running up and down Main Street trying to find a new place to film. And luckily somebody who owns a wine shop let us film in a wine shop. Well, now that we're in a wine shop, how do we do this differently? You right, know what I mean? Right. And so it's like th- there's a lot of that involved. And the more that you can have that worked out in advance, you know, um, I may get this movie or this movie or this movie or this movie, but at least I have these group of people I can pull from, you know, right. this person's good at this. This person's good at this, these locations. Um, I know I can shoot at my friend Rob's house. I know I can shoot at Bill's place. I know that, um, my uncle's bar will be good. Absolutely. You, know, you got to know those stuff in advance. Yeah. I mean, and, and the rules do say planning your locations and planning your crew and all that is totally acceptable. Actually, Steve, you had a really good story because you competed as well, and you had um, some equipment problems, right? Like technical problems with the flip cam, right? As I recall. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a filmmaker by any means, so I just borrowed a flip cam from my niece. And about halfway into the second day, it just started dying. I kept plugging it in to charge it, looking online to figure out what was going on. It'd go about two minutes. I wasn't able to pick up my last couple scenes. Finally, I found out, I mean, it just takes standard you know, batteries. So you know, I popped it open. and <laughs> So you hear you are plugging it yeah. into the USB port, trying to recharge it. For some oh, reason, yeah. it gets a little bit of juice. You turn it back on, you shoot for what, 30 seconds and then 30 it shuts sec- 30 seconds and it dies. I'm not able to get anything done. It, uh, yeah. Uh, so you were filming your movie at one point though, like 30 seconds at a time when you thought that was your only <laughs> option, correct? Yeah. And I'm not yeah. making fun of you. I mean, no, it's just, no, absolutely. I actually, we actually did get a few small pieces. Which actually, I think, is a good point, though. If if you're going to make a 48-hour film, not necessarily the right time to use new equipment or, you know, make sure you familiarize yourself mm-hmm. with the equipment before you go into it. Because, oh, yeah. you know, that <clears throat> while that seems like, you know, a funny story, like, oh, it just took regular batteries, that could have totally eliminated you from the competition had you yeah. not solved it. No, I, I completely agree. But on the flip side of that story, it also says you can enter the competition without having professional equipment. Absolutely. Familiarize yourself with it, but you don't have to have professional equipment. You don't have to be a professional movie editor. I was able to you know, film the whole movie on a flip cam and edit the whole thing in iMovie with zero experience. And it really comes back to, uh, we want you to tell a story. I mean, just tell oh, a good yeah. story. That's why we wait. No, I didn't uh, win, though. The, well, well, win. But, the, I mean, the way that you win is that, the, I mean, the 
the the way the scoring works is that we weight it more heavily towards creativity and originality and storytelling ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not so much about you know if you have a ten thousand dollar camera. Well, the there's room. a good point to that. I, I feel qualified to tell the story just because yeah. I told my my horrible one and some of the mistakes I made. Uh, my fiance worked on uh, one of the movies last year, and they had all the technical stuff figured out and great, and like it was a beautiful looking movie, but they just didn't tell a story. The, right. the, the person in charge of it did not make that work and as a result the movie suffered nobody at least the way i perceived it wasn't as enjoyed as much as the other movies that were Um, well one of the things that we're going to do this year too and and and, uh, it's it's kind of a tricky thing and this is always evolving but we don't want anyone to um not use your strengths because we want you to tell a story so we're actually going to have awards for Special effects. We're going to have That's awards great. for cinematography. We're going to have an award for, for acting and writing. Acting and and writing. So, you know, whatever your strength is, you're show not going to, you show it off. You know, just try to tell the best story you can mm-hmm. for the grand prize. That's the whole point. That's where the $5,000 prize yeah. comes in. But if you're really good at one thing and maybe something else falls short, there's an award for that. Which, now, now, Clint, we haven't talked too much about this before. And so everybody mm-hmm. at this at this table other than me has actually entered this thing. So you actually won... Your year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So what would you say the difference was your year between uh, winning and losing? I mean, why do you think it broke in your favor? Like, wh- would you say it was pre-planning? I would, would say, say all, familiarity with the equipment. Immediately that my advantage that I, the advantage that I had that year was that I was the guy that had the best equipment. I mean, I, I just mm-hmm. I happened to be uh, running my own studio at the time. But that actually didn't, I also had one of the weakest stories. Okay, so, but I kept my story really simple, and I mm-hmm. made sure that it had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And Your story just, worked, is what, what it was. It just got. What I lo- what I looked at was we sat down and we had we we broke our forty eight hours into chunks, and we tried to get something done in each phase. <clears throat> in the first phase, we tried to just figure out what we were going to do. We had some rough ideas, but we didn't know what genre we were going to get, so we didn't uh, plan too far ahead. Once we sat down, we looked at what we had at hand. We had a studio, we had a bunch of props, we had um, some pretty decent camera equipment at the time, and we had access to some good actors. So we just started to take an inventory of all that stuff, and we figured out a story that would take our best actor through our best props with our best equipment, Mm -hmm. and we would just tell that story. And it was very practical. We really weren't trying to do anything too crazy. We just tried to keep it, you know, moving the whole time. Once we got it shot, which was really, really difficult, because at the time we were using a um, an HVX 200 Panasonic and shooting on P2. And we had a, um, uh, uh, I forget what the brand oh, was. Oh, you were shooting on those P2 cards. P2 cards. Kind of new at that time, too. New at the time. And they handled, they helped out a lot because, I mean, just the, the post-production, which I'll get to in a second, that, that was very handy. But we had this lens adapter that we were using, this Red Rock Micro lens adapter, so we could use long lenses on it and get um, a better depth of field. And this is like ancient technology by today's stage. This was yeah. 2006 or seven. Mm-hmm. That's my pug. Don't worry about him. Um, so anyway, we shot the film. It was very difficult. We had a lot of equipment to move around. We had a big crew. We were we'll show to... Chewy in the podcast. I'm going to put a picture of Chewy <laughs> up in a second. I have two dogs, and they walk around and make noises while we try to record. But um, it took probably 70% of our time just to get it shot. And at the last 30%, mm-hmm. we got everything in the can, and then we crashed for a few hours. Um, and we probably ended shooting at about one thirty, two o'clock in the morning on the first day. Then everybody went home, got a shower, passed out, um, woke up, and we were back at the studio at like 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30. And the way we handled it was we took our footage, dumped it into... Um, two different computers and then me and my partner edited side by side so we were both in the same room editing together but he took the first half of the movie and I took the second half of the movie and so we actually were able to stack our man hours on top of each other so for every hour of real time there were two hours worth of work getting done then once we had that all done we plugged the two parts together and then did a final pass and we mm-hmm. did our final sound mix and everything else. And then we were barely able to rush it out and just, I mean, I think we made it by maybe, we maybe had five, <clears> 10 minutes. Yeah. As I recall, you guys were yeah. like 10 minutes 
you know, to um, go. I mean, it was down to the wire. But in the in that time, at, at that that year, we were burning a DVD, and then of course the rendering of the DVD took forever. Yeah, those were different. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm glad we eliminated those this year. I think just going straight out as a digital file, being able to upload it through the website this year. I think it's great. I mean, even if even you know, we've got fail safes in place for that too. So even if it turns out that you can't upload through our website, you'll be able to send us a link through like a Dropbox or a SendSpace yeah. or whatever. You know, I mean, there's so many ways to get a large file to somebody now mm-hmm. and who will accept. We, we were Tec- starting to fear for people's lives technology. too. Driving to the, to the <laughs> drop-off at 100 oh, yeah. miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there was some liability there. We yeah, had, well, did, you, did we tell the story last time about the kids who came in? And brought their whole computer. They brought yeah. their whole computer yeah. and they were like, yeah. it's we in did, here. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was... It, absolutely. You, don't, you can't do that this year. We will turn you away. There is a point where we have to just say, guys, I'm sorry. It didn't, it didn't happen. You, you didn't make mm-hmm. We try to be really accommodating for everybody. But there is a point where it's, I mean, we can't award somebody a $5,000 prize because they got like a two-minute you know, extra yeah. bump on something. And then we didn't give that to everybody. I mean, it's just yeah. now we have to be more. Yeah, the stakes are a lot higher. But I think we're making things <clears throat> hopefully more accommodating to everybody. Uh, Jason... If you had it to do all over again, what would you like? If you're well, he does have it to do. You all might over. have it to do all <laughs> over again. And, I hope and, I get to do it all. And over without again. giving away uh, too many of your strategies, what I no, mean, I, what's your I, game no plan? Problem. It's, I want everyone to do really well. And what, what I learned is that you know you need to know who you're working with fairly well, know what their strengths and weaknesses are, know your strengths and weaknesses. Right. You know, I know I know ego's like a big thing, but if you don't know a lot about cameras, don't shoot it yourself. Yeah, you know, find somebody who does. Um, if, if you don't know a lot about actors and acting, have someone else direct it. I know it sounds like, you know, a, a big ego, like crunch, but you know, do, do that, you know, play to your strengths and everyone around you's strengths and you can't, you can't do wrong. What kind of things can you do? I'm sorry, Steve. Were you yeah, no, no, I was going to say, and, and keeping it simple, trying to be yeah. too ambitious and spending too much time. Yeah. I touched tra- on that earlier. Traveling from one location to another. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Well, yeah, and then you talked about that last week with Reservoir Dogs. It was shot in like two locations. Well, three. I think it was like three or four. But that was on purpose. And that's one thing that that I did too is we made sure that we used basically one location for everything. We never left the same spot. Well, another good tip for anybody out there listening is depending on – a lot of times your filmer and your your director and your editor are going to be sort of the same people. But if you can have one guy dedicated to editing – and I remember a team told me this, that this was their Mm -hmm. strategy – as they were filming it, they were dumping that into a laptop and yeah. somebody was editing as they were continuing yeah. to shoot. Yeah. So their final edit was almost in the yeah. bag That's by like the time they were should, done shooting. That'd be great if you could do that. It's fantastic. I mean, there's a, you can't yeah. always, but if you can yeah. have somebody doing that, I mean, that is such a time saver. Okay. One more thing. I just got to nail this. This is yeah. so important. Nothing will kill a movie like bad sound. Yes. Yes. Nothing. You can have a crappy image and a good sound and people will forgive it, but the other way around, never. Get someone who understands how to record decent audio and get them on your team now. Yes. If you don't have that person, don't try to fake it and yeah. be that person. Go find somebody who they, can do it. They will be the most valuable person on your team and they won't even get any credit. That's the, th- the thing that's so fanta- weird about it. You know sound I mean? is half of the experience. I mean, it really is. Well, and it's huge. I mean, the reality is, is we, you know, when your judges are sitting, imagine, put yourself in the position of somebody judging these films. They're sitting there, they're flipping through them, they're watching them. If all of a sudden one has horrendous sound, I mean, it is noticeable and gut-wrenching. I, I know from when we've done these screenings that, you know, we've been fortunate enough, we've, we've, met, we've screened everything. Yeah. But there have been a few that we've been like, Man, this is so bad. Can we really sit a room full of people <laughs> through it? Not because the their ambition and their technique and all that might have been fine, but bad audio is yeah. It's their story could have even been pretty decent, but bad. I, I completely agree. Really echoey or impossible to hear. Yeah, you're or doing so much. <laughs> yeah, through the you, whole thing, and don't don't. You just can't rely on the camera to always get the best sound. You got to have someone yeah. monitoring that sound the whole time and just really make sure that you get it. Another yeah. thing that, that you can do, these are just little tips and tricks, I think, that that's kind of seems like where we're at now mm-hmm. is um, the part where we tell you tips and tricks. But uh, it's the tips and tricks segment. <laughs> we, need a, we need a stinger for that. Like a lot. Um, one thing you could do is have someone taking notes off camera. And when you get to, 
a take that's really good, make sure that you mark it and know what mm-hmm. your good takes are. So you don't have to spend that time later yeah. going through all your takes, trying to find the best take. I mean, just know it right yeah. then and there and be like, that's the one. It was take three and write it down. I mean, this is simple that's, stuff. That's something that's done on Hollywood sets. It's called the circle take. Exactly. You know, print moving on. Not that's... to be confused with the circle jerk, which is a totally <laughs> different thing. Uh, the different, that's uh, more in the, the Valley. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. Hollywood so much. Um, also, uh, another thing that you can do is, um, oh, what was my, I had another good tip. It was really good too. And I just lost it. I don't know who else has a tip. It'll come back hmm. to me. Nothing. You guys got <laughs> crickets. Uh, well, no, yeah, 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 just, just thinking, well, if you're talking about circle jerks, I mean, forget the tips. You just give them the whole thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so but, but again, though, it's, 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 uh, the, just the biggest thing I want to say. Wild card. Wild card. Uh, <laughs> as long as you're not filming a circle jerk. You don't just don't film, <laughs> don't that. film that. And <laughs> yeah, you will be disqualified. Yeah, in all serious. Uh, oh, oh, I know what my tip is. Okay, mm. actual porn now. I knew what my my <laughs> my tip was. My tip was there has to be a point, and and if you plan it ahead of, ahead of time far enough, and you know that we are going to stop shooting at this time. Yeah. on yeah. this day. And we're going to transition into post production, mm-hmm. and just know what that time is because if you leave it ambiguous and you try to figure it out yeah. on the day of, and you're like, "Well, just keep shooting," and then when we're done, we're done. No, you need to have a deadline, and like shooting stops at five p.m. on whatever Saturday. Yeah, and post production begins at five oh one. And you know, again, it's another thing from like you know actual movie sets. What you have is you have the AD, and the AD is somebody who is on time and saying, um, "This is how many shots we have planned for today. There's twelve, whatever happening." Um, that means you get 20 minutes for this shot. If if you don't get this in 20 minutes, what are you going to sacrifice? Are you going to keep doing this shot? Is this more important than that thing that's coming down later this afternoon? Because you got to pick right now. Right, right. And so somebody, you know, doing that kind of a role is so important. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, essentially the AD is like the taskmaster, yeah. you know, <clears throat> really keeping you on focus and on target. I, I I think having that person on a GFC film is crucial. Um is this Steve yeah. going back to yours? I mean, wouldn't you say one of the, you know, one of the hardest things is just keeping your eye on what shots did we get? What shots didn't we get? Oh, we had a three person team, but that's just simple greed on my part. I didn't want to split the prize money up. <laughs> right. That, well, that's it, another that's, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a strategy. That's another one. There is, if you're a one man band, you're going to be uh, going to Atlantic City. Yeah. If you're a 10 man band, you're going to be. Going to uh, Best Denny's Buy and picking up a yeah. PlayStation Three, maybe. Yeah. Here, here's the both advice: good outcome. Do everything yourself, no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> yeah. The- <laughs> I uh, what was um? Oh, we did we did get a question on. Uh, I want I want, okay. We got an email question. Do you guys want to hear it? Yeah, let's sure. hear it. Randall from New Jersey wants to know if the films have to be family friendly or if ratings matter. In other words, what kind of content? Are we the films do not have to be family friendly, but no porn. Basically, there can be. I think we I, don't discourage nudity's been fine. Nudity's yeah, been fine as long as your team is eighteen plus. Right, exactly. Of course, I mean we can't. And all waivers are signed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Nudity's fine. Swearing, of course, is fine. Yeah. But no, I mean, in fact, I'd say we have a strong tradition of not family friendly for the most part. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, we're we're not Disney, and we're not we don't want to be, and that's you know there there are film yeah. festivals that are all, you know all for that type of stuff, and we're just you know we're all grown ups here, so make Absolutely. the best movie, and whatever you need to do, I think is kind of what you need to do. I don't know. Yeah. Would you say a good line is if if it could be played in a theater? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like, because there's, I don't know. We do have a screw. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm trying no, to no, get, no. like, if it, it could be playing at your local cinemaplex, you know, I right. mean, essentially G through borderline NC-17 probably yeah. are, you know, if if it's going to fall into those categories, I think you're fine. Yeah. I think anything outside of good taste, because I, I this does have to be screened at yeah. a public theater, an audience. And, it, and we won't yeah. screen it if it's very obvious to us that there's that it's going to have a bad impact on the, on on the, the competition and the yeah. festival. So was, there, there, there is a, we have a very loose way yeah. that we, we vet these films, but you know, yeah, cause we, we have to that, like it. I had this image in my head of someone like handing in a, like, movie equivalent to Antichrist or something mm, like yeah. that. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, if you try to break <laughs> out like two girls, one cup or yeah, something yeah, like that's that, what I'm that's saying. not going to happen. We're not, you know, you're, you're, you're in the wrong okay. place. So don't do that. Okay. But beyond that, no, I mean, there's not a family-friendly requirement at no, all. No. In fact, all. although I will say this, <clears throat> we also got a question about 
somebody that was looking over sort of the past films and they were saying, hey, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of comedies tend to place well or what mm. have you. Oh, is, yeah. is that is that really, would you say that that's an advantage is to go comedy? And I would say not necessarily. I mean, I think we've had a variety of films placed. We've had some action ones. I think comedy mm-hmm. is easier in a short form. I think that's... In, comedy... And I, I don't mean... Yeah, yeah. Comedy well, can actually be harder to really I don't look at comedy as a as a genre. I look at comedy as like a spice that you can add yeah. to any genre. Like you can make anything funny. Well... It yeah, does. I mean, a, really a, a zombie movie can be funny. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is an example of oh, that. I mean, Life I'm, Coach was funny. Life Coach was funny. I mean, so... Having a joke or two in there, yeah, it's going to help. I mean, I think if it plays well. Well, I've competed one year, but I've been to all of them, basically, Mm -hmm. at least since I've been in Sarasota. Mm -hmm. And just what I've observed at the screenings is that the comedies play better because they're quicker to establish. Yeah. Um, People like to laugh. And and generally, the attitude at a GFC screening is is one of, we're here to have a good time. So my feeling is... um, if, if you want to make a film that's going to depress a lot of people, you know, it, it may do well in the ratings and, you know, it may do very fine. And like, that's, I don't want to discourage people from doing that, but, um, I, I don't think it would do as well as a comedy in, in this in, playing in front of the audience. That's my opinion. That's my, no, that's my opinion. Perfectly valid. I, I mean, I think, and that's the opinion of a loser. So yeah, really, <laughs> oh. it is, it is. But, I, Jay, Steve, I that's, did a, that's a fellow. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, but, that, no. but that just goes to my Last point thousand. because I made a drama. Yeah. So that's just <laughs> And Steve, you you tried to make a comedy and uh, it, it, Yeah. Comedy's oh, on. Oh. <laughs> just got oh, And Clint, you won with an action film. Uh yeah. I don't even know what you I'd call it. I I'd call it, it I would call it I an mean, adventure movie. Oh. We talked yeah. about this a long time an ago. Action adventure. We we had this ongoing thing about the adventure movie and how the adventure movie was um uh, it was really big in the eighties and it was mainly like, like big trouble in little China is an adventure movie. Like what's an adventure movie is an action Goonies, movie, man. Kids <laughs> on an adventure. It's an action movie genre. with, with comedy mm-hmm. and, and it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's more of like a full meal, I guess. Yeah. Entertainment wise. Um, but Goonies was a great example. Big Trouble in Little China, great example. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Adventures no, in that's, Babysitting. Adventures that's in the babysitting. only three they ever made. That was it. They, they <laughs> very, it's a tough they one to pull up. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Indiana Jones clearly doesn't count. No, <laughs> no. not at all. No, not, not an adventure. No. <laughs> no, Indiana Jones is almost its own thing now. I mean, it's just so perfect. It's like, what do you call that? I don't know. Well, the first three. Let's not. Uh... The first three. <laughs> We all went to see Ford. I know, I know. And I've even defended Did you hear what ways. he's doing with the with the original mm. trilogy? What Lucas is mm. going to do now? He's going to... The Star re- Wars trilogy? For, yeah, yeah get ready for the next six years of your life to be more Star Wars bullshit because he's going to re-release them again in, in, th- in eye-popping, real D, 3D, excitement D. I, I'll I make a, a gazillion dollars. I have a thought on this, and I think it's a unique one. This whole Indiana Jones thing, like him making new movies. Yeah. Jordan... Those guys are old now. Do you know what I mean? They they really are. I know that they made these movies for our childhood. Yeah. But Indiana Jones was cut from the James Bond cloth. Okay. Yeah. They really should keep the character alive, but give it to a new director, give it to a new actor. I would like to see J.J. Abrams' version of Indiana Jones. Oh, that'd be amazing. That, I think that's what I would want to see. You know what I, I would say, though, is that I, so there'd I, be a lot of lens I, I have to respectfully <laughs> disagree because that's okay. On the one hand, I think George Lucas needs to either stop. Or come up with anything else. Mm-hmm. Just those two. Those are two ideas for him. Just give up because the same guy has been recycling Star Wars for the last twenty five years, and it's just kind of old. Yeah. But with regard to the Indiana see, Jones comment, I don't think that it. It's like Forrest Gump. Would you really want to yeah. see someone reboot Forrest Gump? Would you want to see Forrest Gump too? No. Sometimes a good story is a good story because you You're stop right. and you just let it go. It's why Battlestar Galactica was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Is they knew that there was a time to end it, and they ended it, and they moved on. And I even I, think it was a season too long. I well, I agree wholeheartedly. But what I'm saying is that Indiana Jones and Star Wars is cut from the cloth of serials, which are meant right. to go on. Right. Yeah. You and know, I, Forrest I would agree Gump with is that. Not. It's tell a totally... different story, but you can use the same stuff. <laughs> Just tell a different, you know, like, you know, if you want to make another movie about traveling the world and getting in adventures, you don't need an archaeologist in a, in a fedora and a leather jacket. It uh, could sure. be well, I would like actually the un- Uncharted yeah. movies that they're filming did... right yeah. now. Didn't I would they actually have a young just... Indiana Jones TV show? Yeah, and it was awesome. And it was the guy from Boondock Saints. One of my, <laughs> what's his name? I would actually disagree, though, because I think I, I kind of agree with what Jason's saying more. Give it to new directors, keep them going, because. The reality is, is you think Star Wars is getting old? Kids right now, 
it's all about the Clone Wars and the cartoons and the video games yeah. and the Legos. And you can dismiss that all you want, but the reality is the Star Wars. <laughs> and I do. Yeah, but the reality is that Star Wars is thriving right now, probably making well, just as much Well, because Star Wars has money. stopped being a movie and started being a property. Yeah. And a property is there to go make money. And that's all it's about. And there's nothing wrong where, with that. But at the same time, it's like, well, mm-hmm. they never made Citizen Kane 2. <laughs> they never, I mean, the yeah. best movies Well, Citizen in Kane your- was a bomb. He could barely get another job after Citizen well, Kane. That's well, that's the that's the truth about Citizen Kane. But it's Kane. one of the greatest films ever made. Right, but it wasn't appreciated and that's what I'm that's almost about. 30 like, years later. There's a difference between business and art, and I think what you're saying is that, yeah, if, it, if you're in business, then it makes sense to go make as much money as you can. But if you're in, in it to make good movies, you know, you, they have to look, know when to quit and move on to you, another you good do. idea. You do, but like, look. Spielberg knows. You got to look at what movies are getting made, though. Movies are getting more and more risky of a proposition than ever. And you have to look at the grosses from last year. The only movie to crack the top 30 in grossing films that was an original idea was Inception. That was it. Everyone else. Great example. Every every other one, though, was a sequel or based on a property or, Mm -hmm. you know, something else cut from that cloth. So if you're a studio head and you're looking at that data and going, hmm, should I invest in this young filmmaker's new vision? Clearly the answer is no. But so look us at, as a viewing audience, look at this year and look at like Duncan Jones who did Moon, and now you have mm-hmm. Source Code, Absolutely. which is on Rotten Tomatoes. I think last time I looked, it was like ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll see if it does well. Yeah, but I mean, we'll it could get ignored. At the it box could office. get ignored at the box office, but I mean, yeah. it, there is a point where you know, good movies can be rewarded just for being good. They it can. might not be at the box office on opening weekend. But it, it will eventually happen. Absolutely. I mean, an Inception was a great example of a classic. I, mean, I, I think Blade that, Runner was one of those ones that never won an Academy. I don't think it won mm-hmm. an Academy. Did it win an Academy? Award? I don't know. No, I do I, not believe I, it did. But it's a classic. It's a beautiful. And even film. if it did, I don't believe mm-hmm. it did. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's favorite <laughs> movie was National <laughs> Treasure too. No, That's you're right. It's, uh, but you my know, favorite movie is Ghostbusters. Know. Ghostbusters, <laughs> then National Treasure two. Yeah, then National straight. Treasure one. Sorry. <laughs> Ghostbusters, no. classic though. I, well, yeah, I think you're right. I think here's you're a great thought. Right. Would you would you want somebody to go take Ghostbusters? Would you want Judd Apatow to go make the next three Ghostbusters movies and recast the whole Ghostbusters team? And like what? Like um, at what point actually, do you go? To be perfectly honest, I wouldn't mind it if it was an entertaining movie and it kept the whole idea alive. Would you want M Night Shyamalan to make? No, I wouldn't M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's my point. Is that yeah? yeah. What if M Night Shyamalan was the guy they got? I'm, and then I'm would, kidding. And it turns out the Ghostbusters are actually. See, to me, <laughs> that's awesome. See, I, all right. Steve's like a sniper with the wasn't, jokes today. One shot, a, one kill. Wasn't that a plot point, though? Bill Murray dies or something? In the first supposedly, film? So, that was, supposedly, that's that what was they're the saying thing. about Ghostbusters. Yeah, but Aykroyd we'll wrote that, and he's lost his marbles. <laughs> we went, we got to meet him at the Crystal Skull or Crystal Head Vodka bottle signing a few, uh, about last, it was last yeah, year. Yeah, we gave it away as a prize last year. And that guy has gone off the deep end. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then some. I don't know how sane he was before, but I, yeah. uh, and Murray is just Murray's moved on, man. That's what I mean. He's like he's moved on. Yeah, they'll yeah. make it. Yeah, you know who's shockingly normal though? Werner Herzog, most normal guy ever. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. I loved his story. <laughs> Did you hear this? No, you. Oh, he told this story. I I was talking to him at uh, at the Brad Burns Court when mm-hmm. uh, he we were just chit chatting. And uh, he had just got done with the Q&A and he was about to go to wherever they go when they, you know, have awesome parties that I don't get to go to. And uh, I had like five minutes with him and he told this story about um, James Cameron trying to shoot this thing in the uh, in Antarctica. And then there's like mm-hmm. ice station. Yeah, I did hear that. Story. It's like ice station zebra at the bottom of the world, and it's run by like the Swedes or something. I don't mm-hmm. know who runs it, but it's some giant scientific organization. And it's ten thousand dollars a day. Per person, mm-hmm. something, some obs- obscure, like crazy number, and to be there because all the supplies have to be flown to the bottom of the planet to yeah. keep you alive. Anyway, Cameron wanted to shoot a documentary there and he needed a crew of like 60 people, and they were like, Hell no. Well, no, because we actually, they actually, actually pay for the crew to live and stuff. And Cameron got kicked out and they, they told him no. But then Werner Herzog came in and pitched the same type of idea. He's like, I want to shoot a documentary. And they were like, well, how many people on your crew? And he's like, two. It'll be the camera guy and the sound guy and me. And I will be the sound guy. <laughs> yeah. And I will record my own sound. And he did it. And he like went down and shot this film. I forgot what the Beautiful name was. Beautiful movie, too. Yeah. Encounters at the End of the World. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Encounters at the End of the World. Great movie. Yeah. 
I mean, that guy's... You even talk about guerrilla filmmaking, man. That guy knows some stuff. He he's doesn't let anything stop him. No, he doesn't. He he stole a camera one time to go shoot a movie in Peru, <laughs> I think it was. I don't remember. What, yeah. But. Yeah. He, he gets a reputation, but when you meet him, he's not that. He's such you know a regular I mean? guy. Yeah. He, he's just, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I met a famous person one time. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, you meet famous people all the time. Talk about you. Yeah. You bring in like you teach and you bring in all these people for your class and stuff for people from Pixar and you got some yeah uh, get some mm-hmm. stories. Well, you tell me the stories all the time. I don't know. I just tell them here. I don't want to bore we, people. We don't, we don't call call uh, I feel like we're rambling. Now. I like Nick, to name drop. A Nick, lot. Yes, <laughs> Nick yes. name drop Birch. Yeah. <laughs> GFC this year. Okay, I think we derailed, so we're gonna wrap it there. Uh, we kind of, I don't know where we went, but we, we, we paused and we talked about it and we think we, we got a little too nerdy for everybody. So I think we're going to wrap it up. We've run out of steam in other words, but we do want to invite everybody to, uh, send us your questions. If you have, uh, questions about how to compete or, uh, how the competition works, anything we didn't cover in today's tips, show. pointers, anything like that. Yeah. But, and if you have tips and thoughts and, and ideas, maybe there's something cool that you know how to do that you want to share. Um, risque photos. Risque photos. Uh, you know, anything that <laughs> we can maybe put on the website, that would be good. Just no circle jerks. None of that stuff. <laughs> Bringing it back. Bringing it back. But that's pretty much it. Anybody got else? anything else to say? No, I think we'll wrap it there. Everybody, yeah. thanks for listening. We'll thanks see you for next listening. Time. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, tell you for listening.